are listening to Spurs Cast, episode 499. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. In this episode, I'll be joined by Project Spurs' Steven Anderson. In our discussion, Steven and I discuss the latest reports regarding Kawhi Leonard. We go through some of the coaching moves um, with Monty Williams going to Philly as the uh, lead assistant uh, with the 76ers. We discuss Ettore Messina and Amy Odoka still remaining candidates for other head coaching vacancies around the league. We go into talking about LeBron James being um, potentially ending up in San Antonio in terms of where Las Vegas' betting goes. Uh, they have a list out, uh, and the latest um, list has the Spurs as one of the, the teams that LeBron could end up signing with this summer. So we'll kind of t- have a little discussion about that um, with, with the prospects of LeBron ending up in San Antonio. We have we answered some offseason questions about uh, Costa Santacupo, who is a second-round um, um, potential pick. Uh, in this upcoming draft, uh, Tony Parker, and then the upcoming draft, we just go into a little bit more detail. So please enjoy my conversation with Project Spurs' Steven Anderson. And now joining me from Project Spurs is Project Spurs' Steven Anderson. Steven, how you doing, man? Hey, Paul, how's it going? Trying to stay uh, cool in that Texas heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen, man. It's been it's been really hot outside uh, here, of course, in Texas, especially when, when in the late later afternoon time. So it's pretty it's pretty decent in the morning. But then even at night when it's dark, you still like feel like the warm outside if you just walk outside, <laughs> just like that heat wave um, that hits you. Um, all right, Stephen. So so it's been two weeks now since I recorded a Spurs cast uh, last uh, two weeks ago. I had John Diaz on the episode, and since we're uh, in the off season, I'm only doing every two weeks basically unless it's um, urgent news so let's go ahead and get through some of this news Stephen. that's come by in the last two weeks uh, we're going to hit three main topics and then we'll take some spurs cast questions then we'll wrap it up here uh the first topic is is Kawhi leonard um there's over the two weeks the last two weeks there's been some updates on him not necessarily from the team or from his camp but just on, on what we've heard from the reporters and also one of the players uh danny green on may 25th was on an espn show called get up uh, he said that Kawhi has verbally told him that he wants to be in San Antonio, but the whole situation's still up in the air. Then, uh, as recently as June 5th, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com, he was on a show called NBA Draft on the Clock. And on there, he gave us a status update, basically said that the plan is still for Pop and Kawhi to sit down and talk before the draft, which is in 14 days that you and I are recording this on June 21st. Uh, they're going to sit down and talk, still figure everything out. Um, it's still unknown if the Spurs are going to offer Kawhi that Supermax and that San Antonio is not entertaining trade talks. As recently as today that we're recording this, June 7th, Sham Sharania of Yahoo Sports uh, was on the Chris Mannix podcast, and he says that Kawhi did attend Pop's um, wife's um, funeral service uh, back on May 18th. Uh, he says that Kawhi is close to 100% healthy and he should be ready for training camp. And he also mentioned what Woj said, which is that they're going to have this big sit-down um, talk before uh, the draft takes place on uh, June on June 21st. So, real quick, Stephen, that's a lot of information thrown at you. Just kind of your your um, remarks on what you've seen so far from from all these different reports and from what Danny Green had to say. Well, I mean, a lot of that's encouraging, if we're being honest. I mean, Danny said that you know Kawhi told me he wants to be in San Antonio. He verbally told me he wants to be here. So that's a good sign. The fact. It's been reported he's close to 100% healthy. It's also good news. The negative part of that is there hasn't been a sit-down yet, and obviously with Pop's family situation going on, it's understandable. But but you know, as far as uh, him, you know, all the reports going out, and you know, you and I get tweets about this all the time. What's going to happen? I mean, nobody really knows. But the reports that we're getting, both good and bad, tell you that there's more good that that outweighs the bad which is he's close to 100% healthy. You know, he 
is told at least one of his teammates being Danny Green, maybe more, that you know he wants to be here. So that's that that's good news. But I mean, as far as uh, I mean the contract situation, we're not going to really touch on that right now. But I mean, him be those two things I think are good. Him being healthy and him according to Danny Green wanting to be here. Those are two good signs in my opinion. Yeah, and. You know, like like we mentioned, there's almost you know I, I had been kind of just um, not making it up, but I had been just you know putting on Twitter that this is like an imaginary timeline the draft, and I'm glad that right. Woj actually put that out there. Like he really said, you know, they need to have a decision by June 21st. And people ask me, well, why why do you keep saying June 21st the draft? It's because that's the night that teams are going to give their best trade packages for Kawhi mm. uh, to mm-hmm. the Spurs. So so you know they got to have some sort of um, uh, route on terms of are they going to keep him in their future plans or are they going to look to move him and that's the best date as far as you're going to get your your, your best trade packages because let's just say that they do sit down and talk but it, in terms of the contract negotiation everything doesn't work out that way maybe the Spurs don't want to give him the full max because he hasn't played in over a year of basketball at, at, at his best level uh, maybe he doesn't want any kind of um, triggers in his contract where he has to stay healthy uh, for a certain number of years to earn the full amount of money there's all these right. different scenarios uh, and so if that happens, I feel like there's going to be some reports coming out. One camp will leak to, to the media, whether it's the Spurs camp or it's Kawhi's camp, where they're saying that everything's breaking down. And then I think that's when teams know that, hey, if things break down, Kawhi's going to get traded. And now we can kind of lowball the Spurs, not give them the full potential uh, of what it would take <laughs> for Kawhi. And that's where that's where it does. That's why we say the draft is so important. You don't want to wait till, till July 1st. Right. Well, I mean, if you if you look at because we're recording this right now, is June 7th. Uh, the draft is on the 21st, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so that's a, that's two weeks from tonight. So you know, you, you're if uh, I'm according uh, what they're saying, there hasn't been no conversation between Pop, RC, you know, Kawhi, anything like that. So those conversations are going to have to happen pretty quickly because the, not only will the, the Spurs have to prepare for the draft, they're going to have to prepare that conversation with Kawhi. So I mean, there could be you know some secret talks maybe happening between RC and Kawhi, or maybe the Spurs organization and Kawhi not pop per se but you know for those for those wondering i mean i would think those conversations would need to happen pretty quickly considering the draft is coming up and there's going to be a lot of spurs movement movement that night i think yeah no for sure and and that's uh, that's again while we were looking at these last 14 days you know you mentioned june 7th today until the draft so hopefully we, we get some sort of a um, reports or, or rumors about this meeting taking place and and i'm pretty sure right after it ends the Spurs and Kawhi will have a pretty good indication of which direction they're going. Are they going the, the positive way toward, toward maybe a contract extension, or is it going to be negative where maybe somebody you know says something that where it talks broke down, things just aren't going to work out? And then, of course, we all know that that's probably going to be a trade most likely pretty soon then. So so we'll continue to monitor the situation over on ProjectSpurs.com. Um, let's go ahead and get to our second topic, Stephen. That's kind of the coaching carousel. Um, you know, Monty Williams took a job with the Philadelphia 76ers to become their lead assistant um, he- uh, coach under Brett Brown as the head coach. So Williams is getting back into coaching. We know he's been with the Spurs since uh, 2016, I believe, in August when he tragically lost his wife in a, in a car accident. Uh, he-, he came in and took over as the VP of basketball operations in San Antonio. So for now, that that spot is vacant, the va- vice president of basketball operations in San Antonio. Uh, Ime Udoka has been linked to the Detroit, Detroit Pistons uh, for their head coach opening. And then Udoka and, and Ettore Messina have both been interviewed by the uh, Toronto Raptors or, or they're in that, that circle of, of candidates that could get hired by Toronto. So so there's still two jobs open, Stephen, Toronto and Detroit. Do you still do you think that uh, those two guys, Udoka or Messina, has a good chance of ending up elsewhere than San Antonio this coming up summer? I would think more Messina than Ime because 
I mean, as far as I know, it's between Ime and Dwayne Casey in Detroit. And I know both of those coaches met with the owner, um, I believe, over the past few days. And I would think, considering Dwayne Casey just led Toronto to the number one seed and you know, everything that happened with the Raptors over the course of the season, I would think he would be the number one choice for uh, Detroit. Um, as far as Messina goes, I mean, we saw what Messina did with the Spurs uh, whenever Pop, you know, took that leave of absence during the playoffs, and he he did it pretty well. He handled things pretty well. I, I would I would say so myself, but. I would think Messina, not just because of what he did during that time when Pop was out, but also, you know, the fact that what he's done overseas and how long he's been under Pop's staff here, I would think he has the better chance of the two to go, I would think. But I mean, I hope not because I, I like Messina. I, I, I like both of them. But as far as, the, as those two would go, I would think Ime would stay over Messina if it comes down to that. Yeah, and that's something you know, like we'll, we'll we'll continue to monitor as well. I think that the leader, the the leading candidate for Toronto is Nick Nurse, one of their assistants right now. Uh, he, he's one of the leading candidates for Toronto. And you're right, uh, Dwayne Casey is at that um in, in, at the forefront for the Pistons. The interesting thing about Casey and why I think Udoka has a pretty good chance of ending up in Detroit is because Casey has has a big choice here. Um, you know, he he's going to be whenever more jobs open up in the future, he's going to be a name that a lot of teams want. We saw what he did with Toronto. He took him to the first seed in the East, even though he got fired just because they couldn't beat LeBron and. and those four games in round two. But outside of that, I mean, he's done really great with, with Toronto. And I think with the, he can actually, he has a luxury. He, I think he's getting paid like six or six and a half million, even though he got fired this past season. So he has the, the luxury of kind of what, what Tibbs did, Tom Thibodeau from the Bulls a few years ago, where he uh, sat out a season, kind of just kind of just took it easy and then waited till more jobs opened up. So if he doesn't take that Pistons job, because I mean, that team is, they're, they're capped out. They're not in a good situation in terms of their, their roster. Um, he could actually hold that off, and then maybe Udoka does become the favorite. So, so we'll continue to, to, to keep an eye on what happens with Detroit and, and Toronto. All right, Stephen, our, our next topic, um, this is related to LeBron James. This is one that kind of is going to start catching some <laughs> some fire here, all the rumors and stuff, uh, especially with, with what's about to happen in the finals. You know, LeBron and yeah. the Cavs are down are down 0 and 3 to the Warriors. They're most likely going to get swept. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll, they'll give like they'll give an effort like the Spurs where they where they beat Golden State in Game Four, and then just losing five or you know who knows. But for now, it looks like LeBron's pretty much done in Cleveland. They don't have a lot of um, ways because they're capped out, and a lot of their players aren't, aren't aren't assets right now that teams want. So so it's, there's not really a big way to improve Cleveland. So everyone thinks that he's probably going to leave this coming summer. Now Las Vegas has already jumped on this opportunity, according to BetOnline.ag. Uh, as of today that you and I are recording this June 7th, they put out the odds for where LeBron's going to end up next season. Um, and, you know, the favorites right now are the Houston Rockets. Uh, they're they're plus 140 to get LeBron. And, of course, we've already heard that Chris Paul's already starting to recruit him. Um, then second is uh, Philly. Cleveland and the Lakers are all tied at three, plus 350. Uh, the Sixers have been out there, you know, openly. They've put that billboard up to try to encourage him to come there. <laughs> Cleveland, obviously, it's his hometown. He can stay there. He has his, you know, his family there. But obviously, like I mentioned, the, the ways of improving that roster are not very good right now. The Lakers have the cap space. They're going to try to get Paul George and LeBron there or some other superstar with LeBron. So they're out there. Uh, he has this big media company out there in L.A. And then now here's a surprising one. The fifth team in this ranking is the Spurs at plus 1,200. 
Uh, from there, it's the Warriors, the Clippers, the Celtics, and the Heat. Now, one interesting thing about uh, LeBron's contract is that if he opts in, he's going to make $35.6 million, and then he can get traded, kind of like what Chris Paul did to a new team, if, if a team's capped out, like the Spurs might be, or like somebody like the Rockets. Or if he just wants cap space, then um, to sign with cap space, he, he'd lose a little bit of money here. He'd sign for $35.3 million to his max level, but that could be to a team like the Sixers or the Lakers. Now, Stephen, my question to you is, Right now, with this Kawhi situation, you know, as it's up in limbo, we don't know what's going to happen. Do you think right. that the Spurs' chances aren't very good right now? And let's just say that positive-wise, uh, Kawhi and the Spurs, you know, reports come out that they fixed everything. They're going to get him a super max, and everything goes in the positive directions. How far do you think that that the Spurs can jump up in this um, LeBron sweepstakes? Okay, well, uh, first of all, I think you and I can both agree that LeBron's leaving Cleveland. I mean, I don't see a situation where he stays. I mean, even if Cleveland trades all their players away and and tries to get the best situation possible, I don't see a situation where LeBron stays. So, I mean, as far as him going, I said this on Twitter, I said this publicly, the best chance for LeBron to win a title and beat Golden State is to come to the West whether that's the Spurs, Houston, you know, whoever, that's the best chance for him. Um, now, for if what's his best chance of coming to the Spurs? I mean, it would be nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. But, of course, the Kawhi situation is holding everything off, and not just with the bro, with anybody. It's, it's that, that is the number one concern for the Spurs right now is what's going to happen with Kawhi. Until that gets settled, you can't even talk about signing, you know, a D-League guy, basically. I mean, you, you need to get the situation with Kawhi settled. But let's say it works out. Let's say Kawhi stays and everything everything works out well. Uh, Paul, I think the best chance we're going to see is if we some of those bigger contracts start moving, like a Paul Gasol, like a Patty Mills. That's how we're going to know the Spurs are trying to get in that LeBron sweepstakes. Um, because uh, as far as I know, LaMarcus Howard's just making the most um, – followed by, you know, Gasol and then Mills. And, you know, those are the three guys with the biggest chunk of money. And obviously the Spurs are not going to get rid of LaMarcus. Um, so those two will be the next two options. So that's how we'll know, I think. Now, here, here's my here's another question. So I, I don't want to go into the whole salary stuff because, again, you're right. You're completely right where we need to see what happens with Kawhi first. That's the Spurs' main right. priority right now. And you're right. I mean, you, you mentioned it, just a D-League guy or G-League guy, should we say. Um, you're right, because San Antonio <laughs> does not know what, they're, what direction they're going in if they do have to trade Kawhi. If they trade him, I mean, they could easily go into rebuild mode. Or, you know, if, if obviously he, he ends up um, playing well, then they can't look at a G-League guy or something like that. So, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, you're, you're totally 100% right now. Here's my question to you real quick. Um, you're right, where if the Spurs – it basically has to happen this way. If the Spurs want to get LeBron, whether it's with cap space or through trade route, they need to move Powell and Patty Mills most likely. That's kind of all my right. numbers are projecting, projecting that with the cap. Now, let's say that they want to go the trade route, that LeBron's going to opt in and try to sign in San Antonio. Now, he has to make that decision before June 29th, kind of what Chris mm-hmm. Paul did last year. Now, do the Spurs have a – because – Obviously, it's tampering if the Spurs front office or Pop or someone talks to LeBron. They cannot do that till July 1st. Now, right. Now, do the Spurs have anyone that, they, that that you think can be recruiting LeBron right now? I, I think it would be DeJounte Murray. There's pictures of him on Instagram <laughs> at the Cavs game. But outside of that, do you see their, their players, their personnel? I think Danny Green's been close with him over the years. But do you see anyone else that's kind of would be in his ear talking to him? Because, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure Chris Paul's already texting him daily, kind of what Draymond Green was doing <laughs> with Kevin Durant years ago. Because uh, the players, there's no tampering against them. I mean, they just can't say it out loud. But but I'm pretty sure the other players from these teams like Philly, Houston, they're already talking to LeBron, the Lakers players. 
I, I wonder, do the Spurs have those kind of players, though, especially the, the, the main guys like LaMarcus or Kawhi, to try to talk to LeBron before the, about opting in and then getting traded there rather than San Antonio having to wait to an actual free agent meeting? I mean, I'm, the best case scenario would be DeJounte Murray. I'm, I'm not even going to say Danny Green because, yes, Danny Green and him are close, as, I mean, as far as I know. But as Danny's situation is even up in the air right now as well. So the best chance, I think, would be DeJounte Murray because we saw uh, what happened when DeJounte took over. I believe it was a year ago uh, when the Spurs were in Cleveland and, and DeJounte was starting uh, for Tony Park, who was hurt at the time. And, you know, LeBron gave him props for that, and then, and then we saw this uh, past season where DeJounte took over the starting role, and and Cleveland came to San Antonio, and and you can see how proud LeBron was of DeJounte for that, and talked talks very highly of him, uh, and also he talks highly of um, the Spurs as well. LeBron does, so I think DeJounte would be the best person. I mean, yeah, I, I saw that picture as well, Paul, last night at circulating around. Uh, uh, behind the Cleveland bench, that there was Murray right there behind. So, I mean, I'm thinking he's he sit literally a couple of rows behind LeBron. I mean, that's as close as you can get to a player who you want to get on your team, who's going to be a, a free agent in, in the off season. Um, he would be the best chance, I think. And I mean, Murray. Anybody who follows Murray on social media knows how dedicated he is to the Spurs. So, I think that would be the best option right now. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, that's obviously something to watch. I mean, they don't have I, – I don't know about Kawhi and LaMarcus, if those are the kind of guys that are going to be the kind of recruiters through the text message. I, I can already see Murray doing that, uh, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, and, and we both agree, right, that, like, let's just say reports come out, oh, Kawhi and San Antonio are doing fine. They're, he's inside the extension. I think that Le, their chances of getting LeBron uh, just jump skyrocket, right? Yep. Yeah, so so obviously we'll continue to monitor the situation. And like we mentioned, you know um, – if everything goes out, goes well for the Spurs in terms of their issue with their their issues with Kawhi, then I would go put 100 bucks in Vegas to try to win that 1200. <laughs> uh, just I mean, if you could, just to see you know what happens in terms of them getting LeBron. Um, all right, let's go ahead and take a quick break, Stephen, and we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for listening to SpursCast, episode 499. I am joined by Stephen Anderson of ProjectSpurs.com. If you're on Twitter, please follow him at the Stephen A underscore. That's at the Stephen A underscore. All right, Stephen, let's go ahead and get into our next segment. That's the SpursCast Twitter questions. Um, we only have four this week. It's really more of three. Um, we, we go on to Twitter. We ask uh, those of you that follow us to please submit your questions, and then we answer them on each episode. Our first question comes from at Greco Suave. Uh, they ask... Costas Antetokounmpo, Giannis Antetokounmpo's brother, is projected late second round. He has unbelievable athleticism. Is there any chance San Antonio wants to develop a player like that? 
So the Spurs do have the 49th pick in the second round this coming in this coming draft on June 21st. Uh, some background on Ante Dekumpo. Um He's 6'10", uh, small forward, power forward out of Dayton, 7'2", wingspan. Um, he's projected to go 56th in the second round, according to, to Draft Express's mock draft. Uh, he has a 9'2 standing reach, um, which is first at the draft combine just a few weeks ago. Uh, he's 6'9 without shoes, which is fifth among all players at the draft combine. Uh, his strengths, according to the NBA pros, uh, prospect profile, he has physical tools and instincts to develop into an NBA caliber defender, uses length to block shots, and has quick feet to guard smaller players on the perimeter. Now, um, I know, Stephen, you and I aren't, aren't the two draft guys at our side. We, we, we usually we rely on Ben Bornstein to do that for us. Uh, he's, he's our guy that we go to, our expert there. But uh, mm-hmm. just do you think the Spurs should maybe use that second-round pick as a as sort of like a gamble where maybe leave Antetokounmpo uh, maybe somewhere like in, in the G League next year or something like that? Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen this happen in the years past with the Spurs. And that, they get an international player or – a you know a player like Antetokounmpo, they put him in the G League uh, for a whole season to let him you know gain that experience. Or if you're an overseas player, stay overseas to gain some more experience and then bring him forward. So I think that is something the Spurs could do, regardless of who the pick is. To be honest, I mean we've seen it happen years past, and it has worked out in years past. I mean we, we saw it happen a few years ago. So I mean it's I think it's a good option. Yeah, I don't mind. Like, we're going to get another question about the second round pick a, a little bit later. So I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to kind of bring it back there. Why I, I don't mind gambling on a, on a young prospect and just kind of, if he doesn't sign a contract with San Antonio, just kind of holding his second round draft rights and just kind of keeping him in Austin just to, to uh, try to try to develop and just kind of taking a gamble on him. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit why. Um, let's go to our next question, Stephen. They're kind of. T- I'm going to ask two different questions because they're kind of the same subject here. Um, okay. Our first one comes from. At Eric Sal underscore seven, he asks, will Pop and RC bring back Michael Finley, Brent Berry, and <laughs> Roger Mason on four years, 50 million, because they sacrificed money many years ago? I think we know who this person's talking about in terms of a veteran who's up for free agency yep. coming up. Now let's go to our second question that kind of goes directly to that person. Um, our next question comes from at Burr Marseille. They ask, Hey, do you think that Tony Parker will be offered an extension? Well, I guess it's just saying, will he be offered a contract with the Spurs? Um, so, Stephen, let's get into Tony Parker. That's kind of who these two these two um, questions are about. The first one was a little bit more sarcastic about Finley and Brent Berry and Roger Mason because <laughs> we've seen what the Spurs do with their veterans. You know, guys that have sacrificed money, they gave them pretty good deals at the end. We saw that, you know, a lot of people uh, criticized the Powell Gasol deal last year and then also the Patty Mills deal. Um, so, so it's not <laughs> out of the Spurs' track record to give some of the, their veteran players, um, you know, pretty good deals even at the end of their career. So let's look at Parker here. He played in 55 games last year, 19 and a half minutes, 7.7 points, 46% shooting, three and a half assists, 1.7 rebounds, 1.2 turnovers. Um, you know, we, you mentioned it yourself. He, he, he lost his starting job back in January and it became DeJounte Murray's. It's going to continue to be DeJounte Murray's role. The Spurs already have Murray as their starter, all second level NBA defender. They have Derek White coming up. He had a good season in the G League. Then you have Patty Mills still on contract for three more years. So, so really you're talking about four point guards here. I know Mills and, and White can kind of shift between the two, but still you're talking about four, four point guards if you bring Parker back. Now, financially, the Spur- Parker has a $23.1 million cap hold if the Spurs want to operate over the cap. Uh, you know, and, th- and that number can be can be smaller if, if you use that that his uh, his uh, bird rights to re-sign him. Now, Parker's already played 17 years as of this past season. He's already said on record that he wants to go for 20 years. So, so he's probably looking at a three-year deal to finish up his NBA career. Now, 
when, when you tell Parker, when you say Parker should just sign for the veteran minimum, it doesn't. It sounds almost like a, like 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 not a good offer for him. But when you consider that he's been in the league over ten years, that's actually a pretty good deal. We're talking uh, two point three million for for one year, which he can sign up to two years with the, with the vet minimum. Um, so I mean, think about Manu. Manu's only going to make two point five million if he comes back next year, and Parker would only be making just two hundred uh, grand less. So Stephen, do you think that the Spurs? you know, the most they should offer him is that veteran minimum 2.3 million and just see if he goes and gets more money elsewhere. Or do you think they got to go a little bit more because, because of uh, who he is in terms of, of stature with the team over the years? Okay. So, so I have two different ways of looking at this, Paul. Um, to answer the question, I think they're going to go more because of who he is. What should they do? They should offer him the veteran minimum minimum and see what happens after that. Because I mean, like you said, there's four, not just four point guards, you're going to have on the roster, uh, as you mentioned. But also remember, uh, Tony Parker was coming off a what could have been a career-ending injury uh, with that hamstring. So, you know, that's number one. He was not 100% last year. I mean, as much as you want to think or as people want to think or maybe even the Spurs would say, yes, he was, there's no way. I mean, it, considering the timeline he came back and how he struggled, he did not look like his old self at all unless you saw flashes here and there. And yes, I mean, of course he's older now and everything like that, but he was not the same Tony Parker. And the big question is, will he ever be? I mean, we don't know. Um, the Spurs should offer him the veteran minimum and see what else happens because that money that you're going to offer Parker could be used for another much needed player, like a wing or a, a center that you really desperately need. And while Tony Parker is a, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm very thankful for everything he's done for San Antonio, and I'm sure everybody else is. But at one point, do you question, okay, is it time to kind of move on a little bit? And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Yeah, you know, I, 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 like I mentioned, I, I would also do that too. You know, even though veteran minimum sounds, you know, pretty bad, doesn't sound like a good deal. When you right. think about his years in the league, he's going to be making two point three million, and, and you, you're kind of just telling him, do you think you can go get two two point three million more? Uh, more than that out on the market. And I'm not sure that, you know, he, he doesn't really fit in today's NBA as much. You know, he doesn't have that explosiveness um, every night like he used to in his prime. Um, mm -hmm. His three-point shooting is, you know, very wary. It's, it's there sometimes, sometimes it's not. Defensively, he's already has a liability in, at this point of his career, um, you know, at, at that spot. So he doesn't really fit the, the modern game as much. Um, and, and, and really, you're just signing him for that veteran minimum more so to be an insurance policy in case, you know, something happens to Murray or, or to White or Mills. You have Tony Parker there as, as a veteran to be in the locker room, has that presence. So I would almost bank on if you're San Antonio, just, just hey, say, hey, we're going to offer you the veteran minimum. If you get more from somewhere else, that's fine. Uh, and I just don't think there's going to be a lot of teams out there to offer him more than, than that $2.3 million. Maybe somebody gives him the, the, the biannual exception, which is about $3.3 million. And in that case, San Antonio might just want to match that and say, okay, hey, Tony, we'll give you the biannual as well. But even that, I feel like it's a little bit too much in terms of where he's going to be at um, playing-wise and what kind of role he's going to have next season. Let's go ahead and get into our yeah. next – Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I, I agree because – I mean, that, that, that's one thing you have to look at is not just of who Tony is, but also what is he going to contribute next season? I mean, like you said, you have a, a young, great second – or he's going to be his third year now, uh, DeJounte Murray. Um, and then you have Derek White going his second season, Patty Mills. I d honestly don't see where Tony Parker would fit into that considering the Spurs, like I said, need to get younger and – I do feel that the Spurs will look very different in October. I just will have to wait and see. 
Yeah, so we'll continue to monitor the, the Tony situation. Obviously, he becomes a, a free agent on July 1st, and he has this choice of signing whether, whether he wants to resign with San Antonio or go sign elsewhere with another team. And I'm just more interested to see what kind of where his market's at, what kind of offers <laughs> yeah. is he going to get elsewhere. Uh, let's go into our last question, uh, a Twitter question. Stephen, this comes from at Mr. Durrell, 1980. He asks, do you think the front office will use their two picks on their most pressing needs this year, an athletic big and a versatile wing? Now, um, the Spurs do have the 18th pick in the first round, one of their be- one of their, their highest picks uh, s- since, um, I think it was uh, James Anderson years ago. Kawhi was the 15th pick, but that's only because they got him to a trade. Now, uh, so they do have the 18th pick, a rare thing for San Antonio these days to have that high up in, in the draft or that, that, you know, that close to number one. Anyway, um, Jabari Young of the Express News has has already reported the Spurs are looking at at a wing to add a, to get a wing. Um, that's their their main concern right now, uh, and we've already seen a lot of players linked to them that are wings. Um, so there's a few names out here: Miles Bridges out of uh, Michigan State, a six six small forward. He's projected in, in Draft Express's mock draft to go 14th. You got Zaire Smith, six five out of Texas Tech, small forward. Um, He's expected to go, I think, 15th, according to Draft Express. Uh, right now, Draft Express has the Spurs taking Troy Brown, 6'7", wing out of uh, Oregon. Now, this makes sense because if you notice, uh, this is something Bruno Passos of Pounding the Rock pointed out. Over the last few years, the Spurs have been taking a lot of Pac-12 players on the West Coast. Guys like Kyle Anderson from UCLA, Derek White last year from Colorado. Uh, Mike Schmitz of Draft Express uh, mentioned Kevin Herter, a 6'7 um, shooting guard out of Maryland. Uh, there's Chandler Hutchinson, 6'7 six, six, shooting guard, small forward. At, uh, um, also, then Keita uh, uh, Bates, Jop, 6'7 power forward out of Ohio State. So, Stephen, do you feel like they, they do need to take a wing in this draft with that 18th pick if, as long as they don't trade it? Oh, 100%. I mean, and like I said before, and we, we both keep echoing it, obviously the Kawhi situation, but not, it's not even about that. It's about their needs. And right now, regardless of what happens with Kawhi, they're going to need a wing, regardless of what happens. So I feel, yes, they, they definitely need to look at getting a wing in the draft with that 18th pick. Um, I'm not too familiar with college players, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you who the person should be because I don't know. But I do know that they do need to do that. As far as the uh, the other pick that they're going to have, um, I would say get a get a center. You you need a good, lengthy, athletic big. And uh, will there be any left in the draft at that time? Can you trade up for one? Whatever we'll have to see what happens. But I that, I think yes, that's what they should do with those two picks. Yes. Yeah, according to Draft Express, their latest mock draft uh, that came out today, which is June 7th, uh, they ha- with that 49th pick, they have the Spurs taking Isaac Bonga, a, si- a small forward out of Frankfurt, Germany, of uh, 6'9 forward. Uh, w- one thing that – this is this ties into our first Twitter question, Stephen, which is about Antetokounmpo's younger brother. I, I just wouldn't put too much stock in the second-round picks that the Spurs draft because if you look at their draft history with the second round, they don't really bring these guys to the NBA level. Uh, right. Look at last year, Jaron Blossom game. Then the year before that, uh, our 2015, Caddy Lalane. Then 2014, Jordan McRae, Corey Jefferson, but down the line, Deshaun Thomas, Marcus Denman. Um, so basically, if you look at their track, their history of drafting players in the second round, the Spurs don't ever actually see those guys come up to the actual team level um, for a season. The last guy to actually play real NBA minutes was uh, Nando DiColo back in 2009. He was drafted in the second round, but obviously he, he didn't even stick around. He ended up playing overseas. Uh, Adam Hong is kind of still out there. He's, he's playing overseas right now. He was drafted in 2011. So in terms of that 18th pick, I think that's the most vital place where, you, where the Spurs need to draft a wing. And then as far as the big, sure, they can try to take a gamble with that second 
round pick, but I'm just not sure it's ever going to, you know, based on their, on their history, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like the second round picks ever, ever fit. And that kind of goes back to Ana de Kumpo from earlier when we talked about maybe take a gamble on him. Sure. But it's not really, doesn't mean they're ever going to bring that player over to the NBA level. Cause we've seen based on their history that they don't, those players usually don't make it to the, to the, to the, the main club. Um, thank you again, Stephen, for joining me on Spurs cast episode 499. Thank you again to the, to listeners for sending us those questions. Um, Stephen will continue to, to, to keep writing over in Project Spurs. You know, we're out there just to, uh, kind of capturing the offseason. Stephen, every, uh, what, what else is going on um, in the Project Spurs network? I know you work a lot of sites. Yeah, I got the, right now the uh, San Antonio FC Soccer Club is currently in their uh, middle of their season. I'll be over on Red Black 90 and the San Antonio Rampage uh, currently preparing for their next season, hiring uh, their new head coach recently. So make sure to check those two teams out as well. Yes. Yeah, so again, follow Stephen on t- on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at the Stephen A underscore. And l- like I mentioned, he writes for a bunch of our sites over pro- on the Product Spurs Network. Uh, there's even a California site. Um, what is that one called again, Stephen? The, the California. That is SoCal Sports Chronicle. We cover uh, California sports, but also uh, national. So right now, the uh, Stanley Cup final, for example. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, he's he's, he's running all, all all the time. So make sure you 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 follow Stephen and and check out his work. Thanks again, Stephen, for joining me on this episode of 499 of the Spurs Cast. No problem. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, man. Thanks again to Stephen for joining me on episode 499. Again, if you're on Twitter, follow him at the Stephen A underscore. Um, just a quick uh, few reminders before we wrap up the Spurs cast. Uh, if you're listening on, on, on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. If you want to send us a question for the uh, for our next upcoming episode sometime next week, uh, use the hashtag SpursCast, and we'll make sure to answer that question with, with uh, the guests that I have on. Uh, uh, mark your calendars for, for um, June 20th. It should be the day before the, the actual NBA draft. I'm going to have a mega um, Spurs cast where we're going to have uh, myself as the host. We're going to have um, our, our draft guy, uh, Benjamin Bornstein. We're going to have our Project Spurs writer, John Diaz. And then one of our former Project Spurs writers who also used to cover the draft for us, um, the, the, the picks was uh, Trevor uh, Zickraff. So so all three of those, uh, those guys um, and myself, we're going to have a, a big mega podcast for the draft just talking about candidates and who we think the Spurs are going to end up taking. You know, what are some of the strengths and weaknesses of these players? You know, how, how would they fit in San Antonio if they get drafted there at the 18th pick? So so make sure you, you mark your calendars for, for June 20th. And then uh, I'm going to have Colin Reed coming back after that, right before free agency begins um, for, for an episode where we talk about free agency. Is we should know more so uh, wh- which direction the team's heading in after, um, you know, you know the, the whole Kawhi Leonard uh, issue um, probably um, – Go, goes through and we see which direction the team's going and which which direction Kawhi's going. So just kind of, kind of keep your um, your eyes out, uh, out for those episodes and, your, and your, I guess your ears because you're listening to them. So yeah, so um, that's what's going to be happening pretty soon here on Spurs Cast. 